Hey, welcome to the By His Grace podcast. I am your host, Misty Phillip, the founder of Spark Media and the author of The Struggle is Real, But So is God Bible Study. This month, we are talking about obedience and following God on the road to chasing our dreams. And I just want to let you know, if one of the dreams that you have is to start a podcast, then you are in luck because the Spark Collective, which is the membership community that teaches and trains you how to launch and grow your podcast, is open to new members. Simply visit sparkmedia.ventures for more information on that. Well, the Bible has a lot to say about obedience. It is an essential part of the Christian faith. Jesus himself was obedient even unto death, even death on a cross. We learn that in Philippians 2.8. As followers of Christ, we must deny ourselves, pick up our cross, and follow him. This is what obedience means to the Christian laying aside our will for God's will. Because we love Jesus, we seek his will and his way for our lives. And out of our love for him, we submit and obey his commands. If we love God, we will obey him. Friend, I don't know what God's speaking you today, but I would encourage you to spend some time with him and ask him, If you are submitting to his will, if you are submitting to his way, is there anything in your life that you need to lay aside to to put down so that you can run your race with perseverance? Well, today on By His Grace, I welcome fellow Bible study teacher, founder of Equipping Godly Women, Brittany Ann, to By His Grace, to discuss obedience, and falling in love with God's word. I hope this episode encourages you and that you will run your race with perseverance, my friend. Hey, Brittany, I am so excited that you are here with me today. Welcome to the By His Grace podcast. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Well, you just wrote a new book, Fall in Love with God's Word, which that is amazing title. I love it. Busy, uh, practical strategies for busy women. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later in the show. But once I saw the title of your book, I was like, this is a Jesus girl. And uh, she's going to have some insight into obedience, which is the topic that we're talking about here on By His Grace all month. And then in our pre-conversation, you know, I love how you just told me that this is something that's been on your heart a lot. So, you know, what does, we're just going to jump right into this. So what, what is obedience? What is that? What does that mean to you first? When I, when I just say the word obedience, uh, what does that mean to you? For me, obedience basically means trusting that God is who he is, that he will do what he says he will do, and that we can trust that his decisions are always in our best interest. So as I have written this book and helped people on my website, Equipping Godly Women, it comes up again and again of, okay, how do I follow God's 
will for me in this? Or how do I react in this situation as a Christian woman? Like, what should I do here? And for me, it always comes back to, okay, God tells us in his word what is good. And as this morning I was reading in the book of Exodus, Exodus has a lot of law. There We are mostly familiar with the Ten Commandments in Exodus 20. That is pretty well known, but I don't know if people realize how much other law is right around it. So yes, you have the Ten Commandments, but on both sides of it, all throughout the book of Exodus, God is giving the Israelites so many commands and rules of, you know, do this and do that and do all of these things. The reason that God gives us these rules, that he gave the Israelites that set of rules in the old covenant to follow then, and the reason that he gives us you know, rules or guidelines, everything that we read in the Bible for us to do today, isn't because he is trying to punish us or control us. I don't want people to have this opinion of God where they think, oh, well, God is in heaven and he's just looking down on us like, you better do this or you better do this. And if you don't, you don't, you don't measure up and you're a failure and you can't measure up to all of these standards. But rather the reason that God gives us these rules or guidelines or instruction for wise living isn't because he's trying to control us. It's because he knows as the creator of the universe, okay, if you go this way, your life will go better for you. If you go this way, you're going to have consequences that you don't want. So when God gives us these rules or he asks us to do something, um, whatever it is that you may feel, if you are sensing something right now, like God is asking you to do something and you're not sure if you can obey, he's not telling you to do it to be mean. It's because he knows, hey, if you go this way, it will be good for you. So it's always going to be for our benefit. So that's what I really come back to in terms of, okay, if God is asking me to do something or telling me to do something, I need to trust he is who he says he is. He can do what he says he can do. And he's always going to act in my best interest. And if the God of the entire universe who can see all of creation from beginning to end, everything, he sees the whole big picture. He knows a lot more what is good for me than what I know. There's been so many times in my life where I have thought, oh, I really want this thing or I really want to do this thing only to find out later, like, oh, I'm so glad I did or didn't do that thing because I can't see the big picture. But God can see into the future. He knows what's coming. He knows what's happened before. He knows what ha- what's going to happen that you don't know ahead of time, what's going to happen if you make that decision or the other one. So for me, obedience just comes down to trusting, okay, God is who he says he is. He's going to do what he says he's going to do. And it's going to be in your best interest. So you can believe him and follow him because of who he is. Yeah, that's so, so good. And I was just thinking as you were saying that is not only that, but he loves us. Like we love our children um, and we don't tell our children to do things because we're mean or like we we have our children's best interest at heart. And, and in that same way, he has our best interest at heart. And I love that you sort of shared this thought of he's not some divine ruler who's just like, do this, don't do this, you know know, it's it, a lot of times I think when people come to Christianity, they, they think, oh, God has all these rules and I don't want to change my ways, you know, and that might hold them back instead that, that really God wants to do more than we can ask or imagine. All that we can think is what uh, Ephesians says. And so he's got great plans for our lives. And so when we walk in his way, but I love that you took it back to knowing that 
who God is and that he can be trusted. That is so good. What are some ways that you have maybe seen God work in your life? Has, has there ever been a circumstance where you wanted to do something? You know, you kind of mentioned that. Uh, and then, um, then afterwards, you know, you were thankful that you didn't do that. Could, could you tell us a little bit more about that? Absolutely. There have been so many times in my life, both big things and little things, um, where I have wanted to do something or, you know, pursue a different direction in my life. But I can give you a very recent example. And that is, I think it was a couple months ago now, it was very recently, where I was in a situation where, and I don't want to be too specific, but I was in a situation where I had a choice to make, where I kind of wanted to have a conversation that I knew would not necessarily be a good conversation to have. It wasn't necessarily wrong. It wasn't immoral. It wasn't something that was in the Bible, like expressly, like you do not have this conversation. Um, But I kind of had a sense that, you know, if I have this conversation, it may not be the wisest choice. Even if it's not expressly immoral, it may not be the best direction for me in my life right now. So that morning I had read in my Bible, um, just in my daily Bible reading, and I don't even remember the verse now because it was a while ago, Um, but I read a verse and what really stuck out to me in that verse was God said that he was, whoever he was talking to, I wish I had the verse, um, but God said he would be the shield. And I've heard so many like attributes of God over the years of attending church where, oh, God is our comforter and God is our provider and God is, you know, this, that, and the other thing. God is our father. But this, I don't remember ever before, probably I'm sure I have, but I never remembered God being our shield. And that really stuck out to me. And so having just read that that morning, going into the situation where I'm like, okay, I know this may not be the best choice, but, you know, is it really wrong? Should I really do this? I prayed that morning, you know, God, in your word, you say that you are our shields. God, I need you to be a shield for me today. Would you please shield me from making a poor decision here? Would you please shield me from going the wrong way? And I didn't think anything of it because we pray all the time, like, God, help us do this and help us do that. But literally that same day, when I was in the situation where I was faced with the choice, of going one way or the other way. There, I noticed when I was in the situation that there was actually a physical shield in front of me where I could not see a specific direction. I had been in this physical location before and that was not there. But that day, this new physical thing showed up where I literally could not even see or think or go that direction. And it was just such an obvious answer to prayer in that moment where I had said, God, would you be my shield? And there's literally a physical object shielding me from what is on the other side of that door. So that was just amazing to see God come through. And it's a thing where, you know, maybe it would have been there either way. I don't know. But, you know, what if I hadn't prayed that prayer that morning and I was going to go and do whatever, you know, it could have turned out differently. But being in a position where I had already chosen I want to be obedient. I want to do the right thing. God, I am putting my heart in a position where I want to do the right thing. Would you please help make that possible? I feel like God honored that prayer and he showed up. Yeah, that's amazing. I love that. Um, so let's talk about God's word for just a minute. Um, you know, in, uh, 
earlier season um, in January, we were talking about hearing from God. And, you know, one of the ways that we hear uh, from God is through his word. And we have to know what his word says in order for us to be obedient. So um, I would love for you to talk about um, some ways that you, some other ways maybe that you have seen God show up um, in your quiet time or through your study of his word. Absolutely. And that's one of my favorite, favorite things about God's word is that the Bible is not this static book that somebody wrote a long time ago and just read it like a textbook or novel. The Bible is actually a way that God speaks to us. And I love that you and I can read the exact same verse and God could speak totally different things to us through it. So maybe like that verse I mentioned, um, God being a shield. Maybe you would read that verse and you would notice something else about it that would really encourage you that day. And maybe I would read that same verse and a word would stick out to me that I would be able to very practically use that same day. And when we read God's word, it's not just a static book. God actually speaks to us through his word and makes, you know, different verses pop out at us or makes um, like insights come into our mind that we wouldn't have had before. And it really is a way that God speaks to us. So I love the um, chance to be able to read through God's word, even verses that I have read. Um, I grew up in church. I've read the Bible multiple times. I've, you know, heard the stories before, but even now as a grown up reading through these same verses that I've read before, different things pop out to me that maybe I didn't notice back then. But now I read it today and, oh, this gives me so much encouragement for the situation that I'm facing today. So for example, the story of Noah and the ark, I read that however many weeks ago it was now. I'm in Exodus. So um, when I was in Genesis, I read the story of Noah and the ark. Now I've heard the story of Noah and the ark plenty of times in my life before, like I know basically what happens. But this time when I read through it, I noticed that when God called Noah into the ark, it says that God closed the door and then waited seven days. And I had never noticed that before. God didn't, when we see the movies, we often see um, portrayed like God closed the door, has like the rain is already coming down and they're like scrambling to get in at the last minute. Um, but that's kind of the picture that I think so often that we see is, oh, they're scrambling. God provided this thing just in time. But if you look in the Bible, wait, God gave him instructions to build the ark way before he ever needed. Noah completed the ark before he'd even needed. There was still a period of one week. And what must it have been like to him, to Noah, to say, okay, God, I built this ark. Everybody around me is making fun of me because I am doing this thing. Like, why in the world am I building an ark in a desert? I did it now what? And he had a whole week of like, God, I did my part. Where are you? And we can see now looking back from the Bible um, and having the whole picture, you know, God was going to show up. The floods were coming. It didn't come at that exact minute. So there could be someone listening right now who's saying like, God, I obeyed, but I did what you told me to do. Like I listened, you know, where, what's next? Like, where is it? And that just something that was so encouraging to me to say, you know, you could be doing the exact right thing. You could be exactly where God wants you to be, but there's still that week. Like God, sometimes he comes through, you know, before then, sometimes he comes through after then his timing is still perfect, but you could just be in that week where you said, okay, I did what I, what I was told to do. I completed my end of the bargain. Now it's just a minute of waiting until God comes through with the next thing. 
Yeah, that's beautiful. I'd never read that story so many times as well and never really thought about that uh, as well. That's that's really great. Uh, I love especially, you know, it wasn't even raining. And he's like, you want me to do what? You know, you want me to and, and he did and he obeyed. And that is that's the thing. Like when it didn't make sense to what was happening in the world, you know, it says um, that everybody, you know, at that time was just wicked and evil. And but but Noah loved God, and he obeyed God. And I think there's so many lessons that we can can learn from from Noah there. And then he just waited. And sometimes God will will give us instructions as well. And we just have to wait and uh, trust that he has the whole picture at hand. And, and we only see in part, you know, if there's somebody listening today and, and they might be struggling with making a decision, like, do I do this or do I do that? I feel God's calling me to do this thing, but um, I'm not sure if I should do this thing or that thing. Um, how do you go about making those kinds of decisions and how do you know which way God wants you to go? Well, first I would start with Honestly, I would start with God's word. Now that sounds very generic. Um, But the first thing I'm going to ask myself, if I have a decision to make is, has God's word already told me that this is right or wrong? Because there are lots of things that we don't need to think about, try to decide, discern, you know, is this the right thing? If you are considering, should I cheat on my husband? No, you should not. Like the answer is no. The Bible tells us like, there's no discussion here. The Bible says no. Should I go murder somebody? No, you don't even need to think about it. The Bible says, no, don't do this. So that's the first thing that I would go to is, okay, has the Bible expressly told you to not do this? If the Bible has expressly told you this is a bad idea, then, and I don't want to be rude or flippant, but if the Bible says this is a bad idea, then it's a bad idea. It doesn't matter if you feel like it would be fun. It doesn't matter if you feel like, oh, I really want to do this. It all comes back to trusting God is who he says he is. He knows what he's talking about. If he tells you this is wrong, then it is wrong. And so that's the first test that you would want to take. The second test that you would want to take is, okay, has God spoken to you personally? So have you in prayer already sensed God telling you to do something? If God has already told you through prayer, you should not do this thing, then you don't need to keep coming to him and asking him like, should I do this thing? Should I not? No, if God has told you to not do it, then you shouldn't do it. And if God has told you to do it, then yes, you should do it. And you may not see all the whole picture yet. That's often how God's works. He doesn't overwhelm us with like, here is your entire life story. and Here's everything that's going to happen over the next decades and decades. He, God often tells us, okay, here's your next step. You can't see the rest of it. You don't know what's going to come after that, but I see the rest of it. And I am telling you, this is where you need to go. So if God has told you to do something, you don't need to wait for a different answer. You don't need to try to change his mind. He already knows what is best for you. He already knows that you were going to tell him no. Um, He's very patient like that. Um, So you don't need to try to change his mind or try to decide. If you know he has already told you, then you need to obey. Um, Past that, it gets into, okay, is this a wise choice to make? So the example that I gave earlier, there wasn't necessarily an immoral or wrong choice, but I just really had a feeling like this isn't God's best for my life. This wouldn't be a wise decision. I don't necessarily know what's going to happen if I act one way or the other, but I really sense this is not a wise choice. So that's the next test that I would have people ask themselves, is this wise? What are the likely outcomes of this thing? So for example, if you are 
if let's say you are at work and some really cute other guy comes and talks to you, you're married, but some like really cute guy is talking to you. Okay, what are the wise choices? Is it immoral to have conversations with him? No, not necessarily. But is it wise to have a lot of conversations with him that could potentially lead to crossing a line? And of course, there's a huge gray area there, but you have to decide like, is this a wise choice? Is this going to lead me towards holiness and God's best for my life? What is the likely consequences of this? Is it going to help me be more Christ-like or is it going to be a distraction? Is it going to make me more likely to fall into sin? Is it going to lead me this other way? The same thing with like social media. There's nothing wrong with social media, but what accounts are you following? Are you following accounts that normalize sin, that make you more likely to want to behave in certain ways that you know are not God's best for your life? Or are you following accounts that really encourage you like, this is God's best, go this way. Um, And there's so many examples we could give for that, but what is a wise choice? Um, beyond that, if you still have no idea, I would highly encourage you to talk to friends and family who know you well and say, hey, here's what I'm kind of wrestling with. Here's what I'm thinking. What do you think about this matter? Um, because all of us have blind spots where we don't recognize like, hey, you are tempted. You fall in this way often. Um, but we have friends and family, especially if you have ones who are willing to be brutally honest with you, who will tell you, hey, you typically behave this way in this situation. Like this is what is likely to happen. Um, My husband does this for me. I do this for him. It's not always fun, but to say, hey, the last time you were in this situation, you know what happened last time, right? Okay, what do you think is gonna happen again? Like I know you and this is what you are likely to do. And so often we can deceive ourselves to say, oh, I'll be fine. Like it's not a big deal, it's fine. Um, But we need those friends and family around us who will call us out, who will say, you know what? This is a problem area for you and could do this. Um, but I just see this as a red flag for you and you really shouldn't go that way. So definitely friends and family. And then if you have done all of that, you have asked God in prayer, you have, you're familiar with his word, you read it, you know what it says to do. Um, you've talked to your friends and family and you still just don't know. Then your last thing is honestly just to decide. Um, I don't feel like God has one specific, like I expect you to be at the grocery store at 3.15. That is my will for you, that you will buy apricots and bananas and then you will go home and my will for you is you will watch this exact show for, God is not micromanaging our life. Um, God leads us and guides us in one direction or another, but then he also gives us brains that we can use to make good decisions. And I don't feel like God is up in heaven, like, oh, you have to get this 100% right. If you miss this step, like you're in so much trouble. No, he kind of guides us. And then he gives us free reign of, hey, here are, like, if you think about the um, Garden of Eden, God wasn't like, okay, you need to eat from this tree and then eat from this tree. He was like, this tree is bad, but otherwise go have fun. Like there's tons of trees. They're all wonderful. They're all delicious. I don't care what you do, like go have fun. And so I feel like there eventually gets to a point where we need to make the decision ourselves. And if it's wrong, God will stop us. He will let us know. Um, and we need to be sensitive to that. But at the end of the day, there's lots of good things you could do. As long as it's not expressly wrong, God hasn't told you no, your friends and family say, you know, it's probably fine. Then go have fun, like try things out and see where it goes from there. Yeah, that's great counsel. I love that. Well, um, 
in your, your book, let's switch to your book for just a minute. Uh, like I said, it's fall in love with God's word, practical strategies for busy women. Um, I'd love for you to share some of those practical strategies um, as we close out this, um, this podcast interview. What are some of the things that you discuss in the book that are strategies for busy women um, to be in God's word? Absolutely. So my book, Fall in Love with God's Word, is all about how do we make the time, find the time to get in God's Word. And not in a legalistic sense of, oh, we have to read our one chapter a day with our beautiful cup of coffee with a like little swirly leaf on top that we can post on Instagram because we have to do this or we're a bad Christian. Rather, it's all about how do we fall in love with God's Word? How do we enjoy reading God's Word? How do we go to it to be fulfilled and filled up and encouraged and to hang out. That's a terrible word, but like to hang out with God. Um, it's not this thing that we do as a check mark or a to-do list. And I feel like so many of us get caught up on, oh, I have to do this thing. Like I'm going to be a bad Christian if I don't. No, there's so much grace here. This is something that's available to you that you get to spend time with a God of the universe who has so much wisdom and direction for you, who has so much encouragement for you, who will challenge you in the areas where you're going wrong and encourage you in the areas where you're going right. And there's so much life in God's word. But the problem is so many women want to read God's word. And this is where the book always started. Um, started in the first place is so many of us want to read God's word, but we don't make it the priority that we want to. So in the book, I talk about seven reasons why we don't read God's word as often as we'd like. And I would really say the first practical strategy is just to start there. What is it that is preventing you from getting in God's word? Is it that you were too busy? Is it that you are too tired? Is it that you are too distracted with kids in the background and a puppy barking and all of the things? Is it that you don't know how to read God's word? So I would really start there with figuring out, okay, I want to read God's word. I know it's important, but why aren't I just getting really honest? Is it that I'm not motivated to read it? It doesn't sound fun to me. Um, and once you kind of figure out what it is that's holding you back, then the book is full of like, okay, here are tons of ideas, depending on what it is that's holding you back. Here is how you can get started. So for example, if you struggle with busyness, um, this is the thing I really struggle with. I am so busy in the season of life that I am in right now. So for me, what was really helpful is to choose a time on my calendar to say, okay, 8 a.m., that is the time I am setting that aside. Like I'm making an appointment with myself and God. This is a time I'm setting aside for this. And that was really helpful for me. But if your problem is that you are distracted, you might need something else. So if you are constantly distracted when you're trying to read the Bible, okay, a strategy for you might be, do you need to read the Bible at a different time of day? Do you need to choose a different location? So if you are in bed, constantly falling asleep, okay, maybe you should read at the kitchen table. But if you're at the kitchen table and everybody will not leave you alone, not that I have any experience with that, um, <laughs> but if you are there and people are constantly around you, then maybe you need to lock yourself in the bathroom for 15 minutes. And there's nothing wrong with that if that's the season of life that you're in right now. Maybe if you can't focus, you need to have an audio Bible. I love to listen to the Bible on an audio Bible sometimes while I am driving because it's a way I can fit it in my day. So um, 
maybe Bible journaling would be something that would be really helpful for you. If you really struggle to read God's word um, and you're someone who's really artistic, okay, maybe you want to like get this beautiful like thing going on where you're meditating on God's word as you're drawing these beautiful doodles or whatever that looks like for you, painting, cross-stitching, whatever you're doing. Um, maybe you read the Bible with a cup of coffee and worship music. Maybe you listen to the Bible while you're running around um, and it's in your headphones. So it's not a matter of, okay, you need to read the Bible every day or you're a failure. And it has to look exactly like this. It really is a matter of figuring out, okay, what is going on in your life? What is preventing you from reading God's word? What season of life are you in right now? And then what strategies are going to work for you? Let's figure out a quiet time that you're going to love. You're not going to keep just because you have to, but because you really want to enjoy this time. So that is um, what I share in the book. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I know that quiet time for me has looked many different ways when my children were little. Um, it looked one way. Um, there were seasons where I had to pour over God's word just to get through the day because I was in such difficult season. Um, I too love uh, listening to scripture. I have on Audible, McLean, who um, reads the Bible and I literally listen to it every night before I go to sleep. So it's the last thing that I hear is the word of God. And oftentimes it'll be, I'll even turn that on first thing in the morning, but there will be, because I'm also a Bible study author, there have been times where, you know, I may be up in the middle of the night because God's woken me up and I know it's time for me to go and to pray. And so I love, you know, it's, a, it's not legalistic. It is a relationship. And if we can just remember that, that that we're in a love relationship with the creator of the universe and he loves us so much. And um, so thank you for sharing those strategies with us. Thank you for uh, sharing your heart on obedience with the By His Grace listeners today. We will put in the show notes where to, to find you and uh, equipping godly women and, um, and your book and so that they can, can find you and follow you with all of the good things that you have to offer. So thank you so much for being here with us today. Well, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining me today on By His Grace. I hope you've enjoyed listening and are encouraged by our guest today. I would love for you to visit my blog, mistyphilip.com, for more encouragement. You can find me on social media as Misty Philip, and I would love to connect with you there. Oh.